What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Nerd on the Podcast. You didn't need, but deserve. Where all levels of nerd are welcome. It's me, Tom, and no one else. Uh, I mean, that's not fair. You obviously click the thumbnail or the the title, and you know I'm having a conversation with uh, Eddie from the Filmosophers. We did a collaboration with them a while, ago, like a while, like a you know, like the internet age and time is like. Like a day is like last year, right? It's insane how long like time geometrically progresses and exponentially is bigger if you have like an online presence and the lack of being online is, right? Um, Needless to talk about the mental health um, implications of that. But uh, that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're we're talking about um, something pretty interesting. Um, you know, I recorded this a couple weeks ago and, uh, it was during the time and era where, um, you know, the WGA and SAG after were still on strike with the AMPTP at the time I'm recording this intro, things are a little different now. Um, but we really wanted to talk about the movie going experience, you know, and to give you guys a little bit of like a, a background on Eddie, we talk a little bit about his experience and a little bit about mine, but really we kind of just look at it from two perspectives, um, two walks of life. Um, but we still love films and the movie going experience just the same. And I think it's so funny cause, uh, I've known Eddie for such a long time at this point And, you know, we've always been threatening to do more collaborations with each other and have each other on each other's shows. Um, that uh, for the longest time, I've always like shook my fist in the air to about critics. And I've always known that as long as I continue growing my career and storytelling and uh, creating things, uh, you know, for how do I, I, I don't want to say the terminology, but I have to, like linear television or for the studio systems and, and movie making and stuff like that. I'd have to create a relationship with critics at some point, you know, and, you know, I create a relationship with the audience at, at some point. And in my mind, I'm very like, never thought I'd have such at odds, like telling a story or creating an experience and have to realize that there is an audience involved in there outside of my own, right? Like I really like to tell stories that I care about. Um, and, you know, those stories do resonate with people, you know, they are going to be made for consumption and entertainment. And, you know, even critics, I say that with a little bit of a, a laugh or chuckle because, uh, yeah, I've always had such a disdained feeling how critics can really affect the outward impact uh, towards people. You know, people don't really even know, like people didn't know about the movie Parasite until the critics score on Rotten Tomatoes, like made it the highest rated film of all time during that era. Um, And, you know, I, I always will say that like people, you know, cattle to the slaughter sheep being herded around like they will track a number and choose not to think where you know a lot of people say like oh people don't always do that it's like i don't know i just have a a very pessimistic point of view when it comes to some sense of an aggregator and all that stuff versus 
you know, following a journalist or following an, like one specific person versus following like a herd of people. All right. I don't need to continue to keep, you know, uh, all right with that. I don't need to keep stalling. I'm going to just go into the show. Um, I hope you enjoy uh, this conversation we have. If you want to see more, please let us know. Reach out to us, comment, you know, show those algorithm gods uh, all the things that we need so that we can continue doing this thing and, you know, check out all our good stuff that how you can support us. And here's the show. Eddie, thank you for swinging by the Nerd on the Podcast feed with me. Um, we, <laughs> we've we done like, we've done like a, some collabs, right? We've, we've done some Yeah, stuff we've done past. a few collaborations. Yeah, yeah. but it's just uh, been so you know, long. And obviously, yeah, and you and I have been friends for a little while. So, you know, it just having both of us being part of that podcast community, the conversations that we have off air, it's about time we have them on air at one point in time, you know, especially when it comes to two people who love movies just as much as we do. Yeah, and, you know, just to remind the audience out there, um, you know, Eddie is uh, part of the Philosophers and uh, someone I definitely deeply trust your opinion and your takes on the film industry. Um, and it's cool because you have such a, sometimes a very different way you've walked to the same conclusions that I have about yeah. certain things. But also in recent years, uh, didn't, didn't realize because I got into magic and then you've been playing <laughs> magic for some bit. So, you know, the, yeah. the threads get deeper uh, between us. So, Absolutely. And, it, and it's it's true. Like a lot of the, the conversations that you and I have, I mean, to be quite frank, I feel the same way about you when it comes to certain thought processes. And even when I listen in on some of your live streams, you know, the, the way you come about to the same conclusion that I come to, it's like, oh, I didn't even think of it that way. But it, it makes sense. And as somebody who is like 100 feet deep into, you know, uh, cinema and movie history and, and Hollywood and industry, and uh, it just it's refreshing to be able to have someone close at hand to be able to say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? How do you feel about these things kind of thing? And so, um, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just excited to be here, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, no, I'm happy to have you here. It's, it's been it's been too long. And then also, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of, you know, doing a show that one entertaining two informational three nourishing, you know, like mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of noise on the Internet and there's a lot of people who don't want to have dialogues they want to have takes they want to have headlines they want to have jokes um but you know you guys have definitely created um a show a community around taking that extra step to like understand revere and honor yeah. as well as like just take a look back and observe seeing like how you know our american culture if anything the the cinema culture around the world kind of affects our own viewing uh, experiences, but gives people a chance to like, oh, I guess I never had a way to articulate the things I was thinking about or feeling. And I I, I definitely couldn't do what you guys do because if I love films and, and movies and TV shows, yeah. but if I did an entire show about it, I would I'd go crazy. But um, no, I'm very glad we can do it. And yeah. you know, for everyone listening, if you guys haven't figured out already, if you don't know the thumbnail already, or you haven't seen the the title, we're gonna be talking about our experiences, uh, our viewing experiences, yeah. our movie experiences, our TV experiences. Because uh, right now this is it's an interesting time. You know, we have a lot of the streaming yeah. wars going on, the IP wars going on. Like, where are movies now? Where are TV shows now? Are, there's a lot of buzzwords like this is the golden age of TV and oh, this is the time of the art house or the A20, you know, like yeah. so. 
we're going to try to like, you know, break it down from our own perspective and hopefully you guys enjoy along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a, there's a, there's so much going on now, not just with the strikes, but even within cinema itself as, you know, the nature of cinema is changing and and that's that's the nature of change altogether. You know, you look at cinema and you look at uh, Hollywood, you look at the industry itself, you look at just movies from the very first film which was like a couple of seconds long to like now we're getting massive, you know, blockbuster films in theaters and and things that, you know, Christopher Nolan seems to be the one who keeps <laughs> doing it. Uh, you know, we we get these opportunities to really see how things are changing, and not just the way we go to go uh, to the theaters to see them, but also in the nature of like the films themselves, and even in the viewing experience, as we're going to be talking about, from watching it in theaters to, like we said, streaming it in home, watching it on uh, you know on on those uh, those lenses, those uh, what do you call it, those goggles that people wear nowadays, and and having like actual theater rooms where they go to in there. I mean, the, the nature of movies is constantly changing in the industry itself. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we won't, you know, uh, keep dawdling and dirtling. We'll go into it. I want to ask you, Eddie, what has been, you know, we have a lot of them, right? I think going to the movies, exp- smelling the popcorn, the sticky floors. Maybe yeah. there's a kid that shouldn't be there. There's other kids that are just like, this kid yeah. makes it look bad for us. And then the families are embarrassed. But, you know, we're going with our friends. Maybe we're going with our loved ones. Yeah. Maybe we're going because we just got to go by ourselves. Um, what has been, yeah. you know, give me two of your favorite movie-going experiences. I, I can, so, I can give you one of my most memorable um, when I, when I was, uh, so out here in Northern California, cause this is where we're based. The film philosophers are based in Northern California. Shout out. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to a press screening for, uh, we're the Millers, uh, which was a, a movie not too long ago with, um, Jason Sudeikis, who's now getting worldwide, cl- uh, fame Ted Lasso. and whatnot acclaim for <laughs> Ted Lasso. Um, Jason Sudeikis, you got Will, uh, Will Poulter, you had Jennifer Aniston, um, the movie, if you've seen it, is not a family movie. Uh, it's very much about a guy who's trying to pretend to have a family and drive this RV all the way to Mexico or, or somewhere like that that's filled with drugs so that he can drop off the drugs. And uh, he needs it to look as you know inconspicuous as possible. Um, and Jennifer Aniston happens to play a stripper. Um, and so there's, there's a, <laughs> exactly, uh, there's a lot of things that go on in that film. So you think, okay, cool. If you've seen the trailer, you know, this is definitely not a kid's movie. Well, I don't know what the thought process was at the time, but they gave the promotion because if you're unaware of how press screenings are done, it's usually through promotion through radio. Radio is the one who really puts out the information. They're over here calling, uh, all the promoters and so forth to get the information out to the fam or to the people, so that way they can get you know press t- press screening tickets or a- actually just pre screen tickets for uh, the regular individuals. You know, as press, we get special passes and so forth. So um, at the time, I believe it was a local Mexican radio station. It was a Spanish radio station. I don't think they understood the concept that this was a r-rated film oh man and so uh, i get to the theater and i i go there's a huge line of people and and sometimes they do two screenings at once two uh pre-screens so i at the time i was like oh, there's, <coughs> there's you know quite a few kids here maybe there's a kid but you knew i'm not aware of you knew i knew okay oh yeah and so I, I'm walking in, I go into the theater, I get in my seat, I'm, you know, I'm situated, I'm talking to other press, members of the press, 
And uh, all of a sudden, I start seeing them starting to let the rest of the people in. And I start seeing these families come in with kids. And I'm like, maybe they're lost. And then more families and more families. And there's just this stream of families that are coming through. And I'm turning and I'm looking at one of the other press members. I'm like, I don't think they know this isn't a family movie. They don't Uh, know. (laughs) I was like, I was mortified. I was like, um, someone needs to tell somebody. So I go to the uh, PR rep from the local marketing company who does all these. And I'm like, hey, man, um, there are kids here. And he goes, what? And I'm like, yeah, you better go check it out. So he ends up going to the front of the theater, has to tell everybody, hey, um, there may have been some mix up. Obviously, you're here. uh, But if you brought your children, just so you know, this is not a children's movie. This is not for kids at all. So where we were sitting, the sections break into two, like there's the bottom section and then there's the back section. And right be- right at the end of the back, uh, the first section, there's like this wall. Every single parent sent their child with either a device, the, a phone, a Game wow. Boy, a tablet, whatever, to sit right behind the wall and <clears throat> play with their games right in front of the press section. So needless to say, I was slightly distracted as I was watching the movie and I saw all these bright lights down on the bottom. And there were, there were things that happened in the movie that obviously you... You didn't have to see them, but if you heard them, you knew what was going on. Um, and it's like, these kids are going to have questions when they get home. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's like the the the, the nature of like the, the loss in communication kind of thing. It's, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. But it did make for one of those memorable, like, oh, my God, there was this one time where. And uh, that's yeah, so fun. That's so fun. I feel like that is like the most anti movie going experience. But you know what? That's going to be seared in your brain for the rest exactly. of your life. I, I'm I'm kind of of the the mindset. Like, so my team knows that I'm the individual who has a proclivity to shush people, or or because I I for me it's like I'm here at this at this point in 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 my day where I'm supposed to either I'm paid for the movie i'm paying for the movie or i'm getting ready to write a a, do a write-up for the film and so in some capacity i need to focus and there are certain instances where in my mind it justifies i need to let somebody know after a certain amount of time to like hey come on shush um but earlier on in my in in my time when i was working with uh spencer my co-host and our intern amy which you all know yeah uh I I was at it was at a movie for it was oh it was the remake of Overboard mm. and uh we we had to see it because we were going to be reviewing it and we kind of made a last ditch effort to find seats so we found seats um but someone decided to bring their baby to the film and every time I every time that happens I think of that uh, um uh what was it the um Aqua Teen Hunger Force intro <laughs> When when you have uh, that, I think it was Death Clock. If it wasn't Death Clock, it was some other rock band who does the whole opening for uh, "Let's All Go to the Movie," mm, yeah. whatever, and they change up. And I always think about, "Did you bring your baby? Babies don't belong here. <laughs> Take the seat outside." And I'm like, "That's my mindset." So I we're in the movies, and it's fine for a little bit, and then all of a sudden the baby starts crying, and I am so engrossed, not because it's a good movie, but I'm focused <laughs> on the film. And I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm like, all right, I got to get this understand. I, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then I, steer, I hear a, 
a crying noise and I immediately turn without thinking and I go, Shh. Ed, ever since then, I've been known as the guy who shushes babies. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm working on it, but it's like, it's, it's part of that experience. I'm, I am so in love with film and so in love with cinema that I, I tend to engross myself whenever I'm, even if I'm at home, if I'm like watching something, I tend to like try to put my phone on silent or I, I, I try not to be distracted just because if it's new, I need to experience this for the first time as if it was the very, very first time I've ever seen something. And, uh, and it's just in, in my mind, it's always about the respect to the people who are making the film, no matter how independent or how low budget or how everybody is due their respect if they put in the work to get this far. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and no matter what it may be, my thought is always, I will always give them their due diligence to see as much as I'm capable of seeing. You know, if it's something that I'm not comfortable with or if it's whatever, I will do my best. But I will always give that respect to say I will make a strong effort. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that when you were talking about the baby, I kind of thought immediately of, uh, I think there's a Tom Segura bit where he's like, there's a baby crying in a theater and it's like, oh my God, are you killing that baby? And there's like, no, it's like, could you? Uh, so it's like, you're, you're, you're doing okay. You're doing all right. In terms of the yeah, scale I, of how you can react, you're doing no good. There's no physical violence yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping not to get to that point. No, yeah. So. And I, I, I super respect, I super align with that reverence, that respect of a film. I, I It's funny. I, I think for me, I, but I, so like, I'm the same way where like, I want to phones off. I'm not looking at IMDb. Like, who's that guy from? Or like, you know, thinking about like where, you know, that line came from, if they're quoting something like, you know, yeah. family guy has a lot of references and I'm like, I don't know what that reference is. And then I had to look up the reference. I'm like, no, I'm going to watch it. And if it goes over my head, it goes over my head. Like that's yeah. going to be my experience. Um, but I'm not in that same sense. Like if anything, like I kind of look forward to seeing the chaos in the theater only because I feel like that's the whole movie going experience, right? So you can say my experience was hindered because of this, or, you know, it's like, I'm not going to blame this movie for, you know, being something guarded where kids are going to run around. Like, I don't think Sonic the Hedgehog movies are, you know, less enjoyable because kids are going excited and being happy for it. You have grown 40 year old men screaming at the top of their lungs yeah. watching, you know, a superhero movie. So it's like, it's tit for tat. And at the end of the day, like what theater chain you end up going to, but also like, look around, like this is what the movie theaters have become, right? Yeah. And it's not like to look down, you know, how there's a lot of beef between stage performance and then screen performance of like high art versus low art. Um, you know, some people may actually still dress up to go to the opera or the ballet. Yeah. Um, you don't have to for the movies, right? Like that's, you know, the quote unquote equalizer where, you know, shout out to, I guess, Denzel and Antoine Fuqua for the first one. But yes, no, sir. and, 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 and that's actually, I didn't realize that it was actually a TV show, but um, no, yeah, the, the, the equalizer, like it costs you 10 to 15, $20 just for a ticket, just for a ticket. If you want to have the yeah. food and all the other experiences, that's more. But just to watch the new thing that's out right now, it won't cost you more than 30 bucks, right? Um, yeah. Unless you're watching on IMAX and like how Nolan intended. But yeah, yeah I <laughs> I super agree with that. It's so like, it's so funny that one of the, the most memorable things is like, is, is seared in your brain in that way. I think if I can uh, like tiger pounce on that, like I remember watching, uh, and it's not like it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I remember watching uh, Call, you, Call Me By Your Name. 
Mm. And uh, yeah. it was just like one of those times during, uh, was it Movie Pass? During yeah. the, the era of Movie Pass, <laughs> where I for sure, I, I promise everyone, I'm like, I helped make that company die because I was watching a movie <laughs> every day. I didn't care. Yeah. What, I saw some indie movies that I have never, I would never come across if I didn't go to like the theater next to me. I'm like, I'm gonna go watch this movie. But I remember watching yeah. Call Me by Your Name. If you haven't watched it, it's uh, about a boy who falls in love with Army Hammer, which you could really tell is a sad story. Um, but <laughs> based on a novel, by the way. Based on a novel. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, most, I think, remembered for the trailer that has Sufjan Stevens as the uh, trailer music. But anyways, at the end of it, it's a really powerful sequence, very much like, uh, I call it like almost like a like the graduate or like midnight cowboy where like the credits are rolling, but the performance is still going on. Yeah. And I being, I remember being crushed, emotionally crushed after watching that movie and leaving. And there were these two girls, two women in front of me, sweatpants, ready to watch, you know, whatever, you know, things that those two were going to do in the movie. And then I, I remember I was like sad and I was just like in a place thinking about the love of my lives and da 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 da. And then these two women walk out and they say, oh my god that was so hot and i was just like what the fuck thanks for listening if you like what you hear support the show by joining the nerd on nation powered by patreon go to nerdon.tv slash patreon and get nerd on exclusives for as little as a dollar a month <laughs> and so like for me that was so memorable because i'm just like how did we watch two different movies yeah and, it, and, it, and that's the beauty of interpretation i mean i i'm all for anybody coming up to me and saying hey did you watch this film i'm like yeah you know i really did appreciate the satire and i understood you know what it was trying to do and in, in terms of saying this and they're like well i just i just like the the acting the 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 main actor is super cool and he's hot and i like or the super the main actress is super hot and she's cool or whatever and i'm like you do you buddy it's all cool yeah. like you know because it's it's that i think when it comes to the community of critics i think that's what gets a lot of us caught up in the weeds and is thinking our interpretation ha is is a higher tier than other uh, people's interpretation. And we get lost in like, well, well I, I get that you're like this, but you really should see it like I do. Um, and, and that kind of is part of that divide. I've been in this community for almost 15, 16 years. And, and one of the things that I've noticed that the people who last the longest are the people who are the most agreeable to say, well, I, you know, I appreciate your opinion. Cool. And leave it at that. Like some of the most hardcore uh, critics out here that have been doing this for 40 years, 50 years that still go to the theaters to go do these press screenings out here. And they'll regale like all these these times like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Sandy, you remember that one time they sent a helicopter for us to go to San Francisco for a press junket? She goes, oh, yeah, we went and they had a full buffet. Like they, they talk about things like that. And they're some of the people that are like they're they're quick to give their thoughts, but they're also quick to follow up with, but what did you think? What, how did you feel? And, and because not because it's, it's a nicety. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's out of earnest curiosity. They want to know, you know, and, and you know, that's, that's one of the best things I, I was going to say. One other uh, moment that I remember that not so much on the like awkward scale of, you know, Oh, kids in an R rated film. But I, I remember I got a, special invite to go see um, Martin Scorsese's Silence. Mm. Um, but it was a during the day uh, screening because it's like it's like three hours long. 
mm-hmm. um, which I say that now and I'm like, well, most movies nowadays are three hours long. But back then it was it was long. And so um, it was like at noon. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got out of work, headed down there. And there was only maybe 10 of us out of the entire theater. It was not open to the public. It was just going to be a press only screening. And I sat there with some of these great people that are still working in this community here in the city today. And we sat there and we saw this film. And if you've ever seen Silence, it's it's Martin Scorsese's effort into explaining how he views religion ultimately. Um, but even in, in that mindset, like it was just a beautiful film. And at the end of the movie, everybody literally just sat there for like another 10 minutes and kind of sat in a little bit of silence, kind of like trying to gather what they saw. But it, it was one of the first times I had ever sat in a theater and really had a film perplex some of the most brightest minds that I knew in this community and and kind of wait and sit to see what they're going to do next. Like, where are they going to go with this? And and one of the critics out here, his name is uh, Matthias. Uh, he stood up and said, well, that was a banger. <laughs> and and was just like I'm like that's all you got. He goes, I don't know. I I gotta write this thing up later. He goes, but that's all I got for now. And I'm like, hey, I'll take it. He goes, but he he got up and he's he's an older gentleman. But that that was his thing. Is that was a banger. And I'm like, I I <laughs> wish I could put that in my review. Like I really do. But uh, it, it was just one. It was one of those like solemn moments where you know how they say death and taxes are the great equalizer of the world. Uh, this was one of those situations where it was like this movie put everybody on the same level. And it was it was interesting to see like the humbling kind of demeanor of some of the people who just didn't know how to put it into words at the time. And then one of the most seasoned ones get up and say something so random as to say this was a banger. And I'm like, you know, so that that was that was probably one of my best because I got I got a ton of these. Yeah. like if I go through all of them. But like I remember that one standing out to be one of the most iconic, you know, moments in my career as a critic, you know. So, you know, the funny thing is, like, I think I think we've never actually ever addressed in our entire history of, like, knowing each other and being friends is that you're a critic. Mm -hmm. And I... I don't know. I guess for me, I've always been like, I've been a, an audience member and then I just started making stuff. And then, you know, James Cameron's like, call yourself a director. And I'm like, I'm a director. But mm-hmm. I've always felt like there was this weird line between audiences and critics. Like mm-hmm. there's this like absolute wall that like these people are X and these people are Y where like there is no like fluidity between the two. There is no... You know, there, there has to be a differentiation. There couldn't be a blend. Um, and it's really cool to hear your, you know, experiences from the lens and experience that's like, I'm a critic. I'm part of this, a critic, you know, this critics, you know, association, this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and your guys' experience watching films. I realize asking you, like, what's your favorite movie going experience? And like, memorable. It's like, man, you have plenty. I actually wanted to bring up, I so far, you know, the time we're recording this, we're in September. Strag is mm-hmm. still going strong. Um, certain independent studios have signed the interim agreement, but in terms of watching movies without naming any of them so far to this year, I've watched, and these aren't only movies that come out this year. I've watched like mm-hmm. other movies. I haven't got a chance to watch. I, you know, like things came in 2022. I've watched over a hundred movies and you know, that is between going to a theater, 
going watching it on a, a uh, an app, watching it at a friend's house, watching it um, as like the anniversary events, watching it you know mm-hmm. in a field in L.A. because in L.A. there's plenty of places if you love movies you can go watch yeah. it. Um, for your experience, ha- has does watching movies? Because I've always had this idea that like. I'm watching a movie. I'm watching all these movies, and I think to myself, like I used to have such a oh, critics just they just watch movies. Like I don't even know if they even want to watch movies. It's their job now. And like for me yeah. now, I'm just like I'm surprised I still like movies. I'm surprised I still like films because like my god, <laughs> you know, like you are you know bad in a thousand, and it is like that you know three hundred strike. It's like maybe those would be good, but you know there is a chance that they could potentially be you know, more good and then far and few in between. But from you, yeah. like watching as many films as you had, the quantity and the sheer volume of it, has there ever been a sense of feeling like, man, I really don't know if I'm going to want to watch this movie, but I know I have to. Or like, do you still try to hold onto that? Like, let me give them this honest shot and hopefully maybe I am surprised. Um. The thing is, and and it's funny because it's like I I always, <laughs> I always reference back to to something from a kids movie with uh, Ratatouille and uh, Anton Ego, and it's like I, I I go back to the whole mindset of like I don't like movies I love them, like it, it's it's something where much like any other profession with the, that does that requires a passion. I am passionate about watching movies. I am passionate about learning about movies. I'm passionate about learning about the people who make them, you know, and, and it's, it's an ever flowing. Like if we look at just the nature of storytelling historically, storytelling has been the one thing that has been able to communicate every single aspect of humanity throughout the course of humanity, history, you know? culture, society, mm-hmm. yeah, lessons, morals, religion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, it hasn't stopped as long as imagination and the the push to put that imagination down into some form of medium will cease. That it will always continue. And movies have been that visual storytelling that people have honestly not known that they've they've needed for all these thousands of years. But when it came, they needed it every day. And it has been the way that many people of all walks of life have been able to create their story or to put their thoughts into a form that people can receive. And, and I have to, and that goes to back to myself. Like I have to have a sense of appreciation for everything that they're doing, everything that they're putting out, everything that they are trying to do, because as you know, Tom, it takes work and it takes revisions and it takes going back to square one. And then it takes walking another hundred steps and then going back to square one again. And it, it takes time and it takes effort. I used to uh, I used to have people ask me about because I'm a bigger guy. I used to play football in high school and and played in college, and people ask, "Well, well, who's your favorite NFL team?" And and I'll tell them. I said, honestly, I'm not a big fan of NFL. I actually like college football. And they're like, "Well, what's the difference?" That's where they end up going anyway. And I'm like, "Well, NFL player will go sit on the bench for you know two three hours out of the, out of a given Sunday, and they'll get paid you know a couple million dollars for doing that." You take a college student who is literally going through all his classes all week long, goes to all their practices, probably has to work a part-time job afterwards, goes home, does all of his own washing and cleaning and everything else, and then goes, has test exams, you know, homework, and then has to get on a bus or get on an airplane, go wherever to anywhere on Saturday, play a game, come back Sunday, get everything ready to do that whole week all over again. And 
they're performing for our entertainment and for their passion. And I appreciate that. And that goes back to with films. You know, I just, I appreciate the time and effort that people put into these things because honestly, growing up, this was a way that I found, you know, storytelling to be the most, you know, effective for me. And I, and I loved it. And it was something that was passed down from my parents. My parents are big uh, movie fans and, and they love watching movies. They're, they're randomly, I don't know, like, Hey, you know, why don't we watch this Stephen King movie? Or why don't we watch this, you know, Stanley Kubrick movie? Why don't we watch this? And, and they have a whole plethora of, of choices on their own, on their own shelf, both VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I have to consider all parts, not just the single parts, not just, okay, well, this movie has this actor that I'm not a fan of. No, it has this actor, but it also has this director, has this sound designer, has this cinematographer, it has, you know, all these a- aspects of like the folly work, all the people who do the CG. CG is a really big conversation in, in the industry right now, you know, with, uh, you know, certain parts of them being unionized and, and possibly maybe going to strike as well. Uh, there's so many different aspects that require to be recognized and even so like with the the strikes as we mentioned the writers are, are some of those people who don't get the love they deserve and and that is where my mindset is at all the time you know i i want to make sure that i give the love to those people i mean i want to make sure that you know the, the people who are outstanding in their field are recognized even if they do a small movie we we saw a movie not too long ago called the blackening mm-hmm. and it, it, it was a, it was a fun satirical film i loved it but uh someone on the on the on the film is, that worked on the film was the costume designer who designed the masks for that film and i happened to be friends with her on on instagram and and i would see things uh, i would see things pop up here and there and i actually reached out after i saw the film i said hey your work was amazing just want you to know we're gonna be mentioning you and she she sent this long old message like oh my god i didn't think anybody was gonna notice i was working really hard i you know i was trying to do this this and that and and blah, blah, blah. And I really appreciate your kind words and so forth. And I'm like, see, it's it's people like that who probably aren't used to getting recognized, who probably have to push to get recognized on their own terms. Um, and the fact that I, I did the work, I, I did the research, I did the time and I watched the film and I, and I enjoyed it. And I recognized their work in the film and made sure to let them know, hey, your work was seen. I appreciated it. And I'm going to try to make an effort to let other people know that you did a great job. And, uh, and, and, and it's not an effort of like, oh, shine my own, you know, thing and, and, and toot my own horn. It's a, they deserve to be recognized. Everybody deserves to be recognized if they're putting the effort in, into those films. You know, if they're putting in all those hours, if they're uh, dialing all these rendering hours, doing all this work, all these, you know, different revisions, these script revisions, these, you know, all the people who are doing the work on the back end that don't really get noticed. Like, I want to be that one to say, hey, you did great and you deserve more recognition and if i can do that on my platform i will do that that's that's awesome i i constantly kind of talk about you know it's the whole thing it's like you were hearing but you weren't listening right and it's Mm -hmm. like you were watching you were viewing and i always try try to always like encourage or advocate for uh engaging with the film um and that's that's like work you know like and i think that what you what you're talking about if you don't love it it feels like work you know, if you don't love watching a film and seeing this collaborative piece between so many 
craftspeople and journey people who have so many life experiences and how it all brought them together under one roof for mm. X amount of hours, for X amount of days, for X amount of weeks, um, then it all is going to seem like work to try to engage with the film and see like, you know, like, oh, I like the colors of this. It's like, okay, but do you see how it like works on the costuming? Or like, mm -hmm. do you see that like, that blue is different than the blue you'd see in this film or the way that they yeah. use orange is very different than that one. And the way they use this sound is different from that film or like how they reference that film. Like you realize like it comes from this thing. So yeah. you have to imagine that everyone there had this history and this love for a thing. And it's not, you know, sometimes there are cheap references, but sometimes there are great homages or homages, mm -hmm. if you pronounce it that way. <laughs> um, no, I really uh, like that because I do agree that like, you know, uh, I just don't want, you know, the movie going experience to become this disposable art form yeah. where, you know, everyone's looking for a product. Everyone's looking for a team to root for, you know, like kind of like NFL where it's like, I don't care about the, the, the players. I care about the franchise. And it's like, well, yeah. you care about buying a shirt then, you know, you care and care about like the yeah. clout you can have about cool. I got this colored Jersey during this time but that's all you care about versus someone else who has the exact same one. Who's like, no, this is the time that this player came in and they're coming from here. Yeah. And, uh, obviously I don't know anything about sports, so I, I'm out of my depth here. Uh, but like watching, a, a, a hey, it sounded good. That's all that matters. It sounded good. <laughs> but so. like, yeah, watching a film and like really trying to see the intention behind it. And I think yeah. I, I always like to imagine no one goes out to go make a bad movie. Um, mm. There are times that you could definitely feel like some people phone it in because this might be another paycheck. You know, we are, you know, for those who are listening and may not know, there was a time, and I don't know if it's still going on, but there was a time where if you wanted to make your movie, like Tom has this movie, it's like, cool, we'll take your script, we'll produce it for you, like a studio will buy it. And it's like, but you've got to direct these two other movies too. And these mm -hmm. are not yours and you may not like them, but we don't care. But we want yeah. to have you contract for X amount of time. Uh, so you, it's, you know, the, the, the phrase is, you know, one for you, one for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, Kevin Smith has, has had that experience before. In order for him to make Red State, he had to do Cop Out, you know? So it's like that that has existed. I don't know how much it exists anymore, especially with how deals work and everything like that at this moment. But yeah. Um, you know, like when you do get those moments that you experience where you do get to see the artists and their work come through it. And, and when you have that level of respect, the reward comes beyond doing that quote unquote work of being like, who is that? Who did that? Like, that's really cool. And then, you know, that there's a person and then, you know, what they've worked on. And I think, you know, for our respective shows, we do do, we do a good level of due diligence to look up like, Oh, this writer came from this. This producer came from that. The people who worked in like Rick Baker, who became yeah. famous and well known for this, is is working on this movie. Like they apprenticed or they trained this person who worked on the thing. And then you know, like mm. it's it's really yeah. cool. It makes it rich. It makes it feel like oh, like you know, Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer, they share a bay. Mm. And you're like oh, so like they're crossing streams all the time. So like yeah. you feel like there's there's not just teams of people working against each other in this war of consumerism there's a whole web and community and society and like population of artists who yeah. would just love to work with each other more and more to make something that people can you know have posters on in their walls but yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's 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 the random little things that that add a little bit more flavor to to the 
full experience of a film. Like take, for instance, the uh, the Invisible Man, the Bloomhouse film that came out not too long ago. A lot of people saw it and, and they, they were divided on it. But if you take a look at, at some of the behind the scenes work, the folly work on that movie was phenomenal. Like all of the folly work that was done to make sure every single thing in that movie seemed to keep you on edge. They worked very meticulously to make sounds that are a lot sharper and a lot more high toned rather than to give them a lot of bass so that the undertone of the scene would be what you're experiencing. And, and it takes thought process and it takes like planning and scheming. And it's like, you wouldn't think of that after just watching a movie, like, Oh my God, that was whatever. But you put that into perspective and like, Oh my God, they were intending to make me feel like my heart was going to pound out of my chest in this scene. Then it adds another layer of appreciation. And, and then you have, you know, the, the thought of like, oh, well, what else? And, and that's the kind of catalyst, if you will, for curiosity, you know, within, within the world of, of movies. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And I think it, like, that's the thing. Like, that's like the, the bug that like once you start falling in love with movies, uh, then you start going into that. And then those are the things that like will keep you intrigued. And it could be one section or a whole other sector. But I do want to. Uh, segue into uh, a potentially uh, a can of worms, but you know, I don't want to, you know, take up all the time to do it, but you know, we have your experience. We have my experience of watching films, engaging with it. How do you think the rest of the world is kind of experiencing or going through it or going through the motions of it? Like we see like all the streamers pop up. We've seen the Marvel versus DC. We've seen, the IP war between, you know, it's, uh, you know, we've even seen if we want to go like the original, like to me, my first ever like this versus that is the Schwarzenegger Stallone, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then you had the not even necessarily like Pacino versus De Niro stuff because, you know, you had Godfather, but then like you had Heat, which was like one of the mm -hmm. first times they actually got to be across from each other in the same yeah. scene. But like. Now, where are we? Like, you know, we have we have apps, we have influencers, we have the internet, we have so much pirating. You have James Cameron, who's like, I really <laughs> want to do 3D films so that no one could pirate these movies, you know, and that didn't take off the well. We have the volume coming around. We have like, you know, series getting straight to orders. We have shorter mini series. We have shorter series in general. Uh, where, where do you, how do you feel how the general zeitgeist is feeling about? the viewing yeah. experience. I mean, you, you look back at the eighties and you look at the timing that it took for certain franchises to bring out their sequels, even with like back to the future, even if they filmed them, you know, consecutively within enough time to where the release time could have been a lot shorter, but like things like, uh, uh, things like star Wars that took a few years for each sequel to come out. You look at Indiana Jones, which took a few years for each sequel to come out back to the future. And, and as time moved on, that spacing didn't really change up until we got to a point to where we started creating fandoms. And I think a, a lot of our viewing experiences now are based in fandoms, which is, which is fine. Everybody, you know, has the right to be crazy out, you know, fanatical for whatever property they want. That's the nature of just free will, you know? Uh, but you know, we, we started getting to the point to where technology started catching up with the nature of our demands and the the slight under grumblings of like, oh, I wish that would come out sooner. And then they're like, technology is like, hey, I could help with that. And started creating more opportunities for things to, you know, come out quicker, CG to be done faster, things like that. 
I think we're in a nature, we're in a, a, we're in an era of consumerism that really is outpacing what we're capable of putting out. And, and we're coming to a head because if any sign of that is indicative of it, it's right now with the strikes right now with the CG conversations, the, the CG effects artists, you know, that are having conversations right now. It's, it's the nature of we are wanting more and more and more without recognizing that we're sacrificing on solid storytelling and proper world building. Um, but I, I think the nature is, is that even though we are continually pushing for more and more, there are still people who, within the last five years, five, ten years, have been really pushing that mindset of needing to have you know solid creative original ideas put out there even if they are low budget even if they are maybe of a genre that not many people like like maybe they're in horror maybe they're in romance but they are creating original stories um and and i think a lot of people are starting to become more aware of that yes you're always going to have the people who are saying you know oh superhero movies are taking over theaters and they're too much of like you know franchise continuations like with Disney and, and their record Ralph part 13, part 14. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that as long as there's always going to be an audience, there will never be a, a lack of demand or a lack of supply. So, you know, that supply and demand mindset. Um, but I, I, I do think there are creators and directors out there who are starting to see that, you know, maybe a change of pace isn't a bad idea. And, and to go to the whole idea of like the theater viewing experience, there's nothing out there that can replace the true feeling, as you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, conversation, you know, of going in, grabbing your your big bucket of popcorn with extra butter, grabbing your tall Sprite, you know, with you, for me, it's like I go in every time I go to the movies, I get the same thing. I get a small pizza. I get a large Sprite with no ice. I grab a uh, handful of napkins, of course, <laughs> and I grab a, a, a thing of uh, red vines. And, and that's my go-to every time, every time I walk in there. And that experience will never change, whether or not if I'm going to a midnight showing or I'm going to an early matinee, 10 o'clock showing, 10 a.m. showing. Like, that's my routine. That's my, my joy. That's part of my love for movies itself. And the great thing is, I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. You and I having this conversation is evidence enough that I know I'm not the only one. And the fact that you and I have this platform and there are several others out there who don't have this have a platform like this, I'm sure that they feel the same way. And as many people are continuing to foster that mindset and create examples for other people, even young people, I love, one of my biggest things is I love going to movies that are uh, akin to my childhood, such as uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that just recently came out. I love going to movies like that and I love seeing you know, now that I've I've gotten a little softer, I've gotten a little bit more. You know, I love seeing dads come in with their with their sons, their daughters, and they're looking, and their daughters are in this, or their kids are in this, like you know, uh, Ninja Turtle outfit. They got the mask on, they're ready, and they're watching, and they're laughing, and they're pointing, and the dad's like, "Yeah, that's awesome. and this," and I'm like, I'm watching the movie, but I'm enjoying that because this man is fostering the exact thing that we want to continue to perpetuate, and that is. Coming to the theater is an event. It's an experience. It's a it's a it's a it's a 
act of love because we're coming in and spending the time to not only show love to the people who are creating these movies, to the people who are, you know, voicing these characters, acting in these roles, doing the sound, everything that I mentioned earlier, but we're also showing love to the to foster that love and appreciation to the young people to say, hey, this is great. This is what we can, you know, this is something that is accessible. And and as somebody who grew up not, you know, I, I put it plainly, I grew up poor. I, I grew up in, in the hood. I grew up, you know, with minimal opportunities of like great vacations or whatever it may be. But every time my parents, they, they, they splurged to buy, you know, like big speakers for the TV. They, they bought uh, a good looking TV. They bought a great VHS player or a DVD player or a Blu-ray player. And on, on the weekends, we would, you know, hit the AC because we were in Texas. It's always hot. We'd hit the AC. We'd turn down the lights. And we'd put on a movie and blast it. And we would watch Twister. We would watch, you know, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Um, uh, Laurel and Hardy movies. We would watch The Three Stooges. We would watch, you know, Abbott and Costello all the time. Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. All the Universal Monster movies. All the movies from the 70s. I learned about, you know, Fulci and, you know, things like all these Italian horror films from my parents. I learned about the wonders of Stephen King from my folks. All in that little living room. And it fostered a love in me that just couldn't be quantified with just, yeah, I'll just go see a movie. No, I needed to go and talk about movies. I needed to have a platform. I needed to be able to share this with people because of the fact that I I can't sit by and let these people who have helped shape my future, my, my young self, I can't let them be unsung. I can't let their praises be unsung. I have to continue. And I know there are people out there who are doing the same because I see it in theaters like that. I see it when I leave the theaters and there's kids that are getting excited because they just came out of seeing, you know, the latest, uh, uh, whatever that Transylvania or whatever uh, <laughs> movie is or like coming out and seeing these great films. You know, I, I've literally rolled my eyes at least twice every time I go to the theaters and I see that new Paw Patrol trailer. <laughs> but then I realize this is creating another lower layer of reaming in the children and letting them see what cinema is and how it affects their lives and how much it can be a point of passion for them. So I, I, my hope for the future is that the people like us continue to foster that and continue to be great examples for that because of the fact that, you know, the, the fact of the matter is our time's limited on this earth. All I can do is leave a bunch of words, leave a bunch of impressions and hope to God that when I am gone, that people will know what I was passionate about, who I loved, and where I showed that love to. You know, and, and I want them to know that if there was one thing that people knew about me, that I love my family and I loved movies. And there's, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm making efforts to it, but I know that people out there share that same passion and love. And I want them to be able to you know, continue to do so and know that they're supported because you know, we're movie freaks. That's what we do. <laughs> God, I should have had that be the end of the show because um, <laughs> I'm just, you know, the funny thing is like, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a horrible human being in comparison only because I say it this way of, I, because <laughs> I was like, what you, and you're like, oh, my hopes and my dreams. I was like, I have no hope and dream anymore. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm so like the funny thing that, you know, you talk about, there's people who like movies and there's people who love movies. And I remember in school, um, one of the most like profound things I ever learned was like, if you couldn't, if you want to make 
movies, you have to learn how to love them, then hate them. And then if you can come back and love it again, then you will truly learn how to make it. Because then you'll love it inside and out for all its bullshit and all of its problems and like how it's stuck in between commerce and art and technology and art and uh, the the constant struggle and turmoil it goes through. Um, And your uh, depiction of your experiences is just absolutely i think what people should be striving for and it's definitely not something that i do have uh there's been a few things lately this year i've watched where i'm like i should be more like that and today <laughs> is one of those days where I'm like, i should be more like eddie <laughs> like god bless uh i i i'm so like we need to start demanding better things and like it's okay to want more from but it's okay mm-hmm. to also respect where it comes from uh, i i always feel like you know, I'm in this place where like everyone will say I'm a, you know, I'm a jerk or I'm rude or I'm like pretentious because I want, you know, my stories to have a little bit more higher brow or to say something or be about something. And someone challenged me and was like, what What do you think Jurassic Park's all about? Then I was like, it's about building a family. It's about this character having to like learn how to be with kids and this, char- this character to learn what it's like to like have to deal with life and death. And you have these characters there. And then they looked at me like I was an idiot. Like I just explained to them how aliens fertilize a planet. Like that's how they looked at me. And they're like, it's about dinosaurs. I'm like, you know what? Hey, and I was thinking, I was like the Eddie thing. I was like, whatever you, you do, you boo boo. You know, you do you exactly. And it's, it's, but I, I, I want to die when I hear that. I'm just like, but, yeah. but, but you know what I say? And I, I counter and I say, well, Jurassic world's about even more dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Why is it not as quote unquote memorable? Why are we yeah. thinking about the first one more than we think about the second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth one? Be- and, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, what's Star Wars one about? You know, why we talk about Star Wars one? And, you know, a lot of people can say, like, well, because it's the first one and we never see anything like it. It's like, yeah, but now 30, 40 years later, have we, can't we make them better or have we regressed or, or can we not mm-hmm. crack that same stone and make a beautiful marble, you know, sculpture out of it? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, I, I feel like, yeah, we could definitely go on for more, but we are going to get long in the tooth. And yeah, I don't want us to lose that positivity, that shine, uh, and that hope that you had uh, just before I, I, I opened my fat mouth. <laughs> and, and that's that's the thing is that when, when you, when you, when you, when it comes to things like that, honestly, Tom, if you are pushing to put out a good product that is always a plus no matter how much time it takes and i i feel like that's the nature of of the industry that's the nature of the business that's the nature of of thought you know we want to be the best because we want people to see the best you know the, it's it's the people who are too much into their heads they're like oh i want to be the best just so i can be the best no that's short-sighted it's i want to be the best because i want to provide the best and I don't feel like you're that type of person who's like, I want to be the best just to be the best. You have a, a much broader scope of things and you have a much broader view of of where you're going. And, and you know, the the nature of just journeys and whatnot, I feel like that's not the type of person you are. You're the type of person who I want to push because I want people to have the best of me. And that's the nature of how this industry is, is divided. There's people who just choose to be, you know, uh, oh, I'm just the best because... I'm the best. And then there's people who are like, no, I push, I pry, I try to do things to a, a level of degree because when people see my movies, 
they are moved. I, I one of the uh, directors that I feel like does that the most is Denis Villeneuve. I I remember going to the press screening for Arrival, and I had no idea what I was in for. And I was in a movie theater of the of all these different critics, mind you. I had never seen anybody cry in a movie. I had never, you know, whatever. But the end of Arrival, I turned to my left. Every single critic is in tears. I turned to my right. Every single critic is in tears. And the entire press section is wiping their eyes, as am I, mind you, because never has a movie at that point in time created such thought and, and, and introspect in, in a film. And, and when I left the theater, yeah, there were people who had their own interpretation of what it meant and what he was trying to say. But ultimately, the man gave his best. He put his heart out there for a, for a sci-fi film, for a movie about aliens coming to Earth. If you want to get to brass tacks, the whole Jurassic Park is about dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, about mo- it's, about, it's a movie about aliens coming to Earth. On a deeper level, there are so. It's much not about choice and love. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I even, I even talked to. I had an interview with the uh, author of, of the, the short story. Short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we talked, and I said, "Did you have any idea how much of an impact your story would have?" He goes, "Honestly, the movie and my story are are different." He goes, "Because I'm a mathematician, and my thought process was in logic, and I created the bones of that movie." the basic story element, but what Denis Villeneuve did was create magic out of my story. He goes, he, I, I offered him a, 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 he goes, I offered him a body. He gave it life. And it's like to, to look at somebody and to say, this man not only breathed new life into something that I thought already had legs on its own, but he also made it magical. Like that's, that's the type of director that we need to protect. That's the type of director that we need to look towards to see what else is he going to do. I mean, We've seen him do amazing things since then, and and he's he hasn't failed me yet. So like there there are people like that, and that's kind of in in the nature of thought process and people in uh, you know uh, aspirers, if you want to say you know striving for for that best thing. You know, I think that's where I put you in, uh, Tom. Like that's the nature of like the people who want to provide the best because you know it's what people deserve. So. Thank you. I'm going to go cry after this. <laughs> um, I think it definitely, if we're to do a a second version of this, and again, we can just kind of continue to go up and down the map of our movie views and experiences. Uh, I think there definitely is one where if you talk about things like Arrival, where it's like things that constantly push, and we talked about it before we even recorded, but uh, talking about Tenet, and I would definitely want to talk about that because I feel like that was something that yeah. definitely pushed for good, for better and for worse. But yeah. uh, with that, I'm going to go and wrap it up. Eddie, thank you so much for being part of the Nerd On podcast uh, and uh, being part of the Nerd On family and you know collaborating with us as long as you have. Also, just being such a great friend uh, and also an amazing human being. I want everyone who's listening right now to go check out the film Philosophers or everywhere else that Eddie will go ahead and uh, promote after I'm done spieling. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, follow and like. Be like Eddie. Look at the world with a little bit of hope and, and, and look into yourself and like, you know, I, I love those three things, you know, what, who, who I loved, where I gave that love to, and what I, what I believe, I, what, what were the things? What give I me, did with that love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Give, give, give me, give me all three. One more time. One more time. It says, uh, who I loved, how I loved them and what I did with that love. That's it. That's, oh, that's so good. 
That's so good. That, if that doesn't make you feel better, everyone, then I don't know what will. But um, Eddie, give me a shout out. Give me all the things where people can follow you, where they can check out, things you want them to be yeah. caring about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can check us out at our website, filmlossifers.com. Uh, we have all of our episodes there, as well as on uh, socials at fil- uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash filmlossifers, and on Twitter and Instagram at filmlossophy101, as well as on threads. We're also on Blue Sky at Ooh. the Filmlossifers podcast. Uh, we are also on any app that streams uh, podcasts, such as iTunes, Google Play, Libsyn, Player FM, Audioboom, Spotify, TuneIn, or iHeart. Uh, you can find us there at The Philosophers. And uh, yeah, so we're actually doing Star Trek month this month. So uh, we did our first episode this week on uh, Star Trek Nemesis, which is a very interesting conversation. So yeah, Tom to Hardy, baby. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you again, everyone listening in. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you learned something. I hope it got you to look into your lives and then also recontextualize. Maybe how do you love watching movies? Or maybe you could love movies a little bit more. Or maybe you've been loving it too much and you're an angry man like me. But we'd love to hear what you have to say. Reach out to us on all the social media. Um, take care of yourselves. Right now it's hot. It's warm wherever you're at. Regardless, you should be, you should be hydrating. Telling the people you love, you love them. Taking care of yourself, taking care of them. And uh, you all know the drill. As always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.